0: Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you all oh, so much for the many things you've blessed us with this day, so many. And we truly thank you for the opportunity you've given us to be able to get back in your word once again. Help us as we do that now as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word of heaven, if you will turn to 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, the section that we go to quite often because it is so comforting. As it reads here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, picking it up in verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Now here we see Paul using the term kingdom of God. And he's speaking of the dwelling place of God here, because you got to always consider what are they speaking of when they say kingdom, kingdom of God, meaning heaven, or kingdom of God, meaning the body of believers. Here he's speaking of our future home in, in heaven and on the new earth, in which we will not be able to have this body that we currently have in that setting. We're going to have to have a body that will not rot, will not decay, will not wither away, will not age, will not go into corruption, as it says there. The continues, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, forasmuch as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We have a glorified body to look forward to, a body that will not die, where he speaks of that immortality, a body that will not Age it will not decay. It will not wither away as the bodies that we have now do, and that is what we're going to have to enjoy during a millennial period and for eternity. And as we've seen written in First John, the small epistle of John, it, we don't know what we're going to be like, but we know that we are going to be like Jesus Christ. So, however He chooses to be, that's what we're going to be like. When we're with him, we'll be able to be like him for eternity. Now jump on over to Second Corinthians in chapter 5 and verse 1. We see here some more reference to this new body that we're going to be able to receive and be able to enjoy for eternity. In Second Corinthians chapter 5, picking up verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Tabernacle. We become a tabernacle when the Holy Ghost moves into us, the dwelling place of God. That's what we become. We become his dwelling place when he comes into us. The Holy Ghost in us is what he's speaking of. God the Father is in the heaven of heavens. Jesus Christ sitting on the right hand of the Father and the Holy Ghost within us. And this body that we have now is what he's referring to as a tabernacle. And if it be dissolved, which we know it's going to be dissolved, everything in existence currently, all the physical world is going to be dissolved, totally destroyed with fire, vaporized into nothingness, and a brand new existence for the born again is going to be created For us, as the Lord has said, he's going to prepare a place for us. And he'll return and receive us to be with him. Because we can be with him for eternity. With a glorified body. And it'll be eternal in the heavens. As it continues, For in this we groan. In this currently body we're groaning and moaning because of all their aches and pains and woes of being in the flesh. Earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. We are eager to receive that glorified body. We've got to maintain the one we got right now, for now, but looking forward to the one we're going to have. Verse 3. If so be that, being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. It's swallowed up. No more physical existence the way we know it will have an existence that is beyond our comprehension. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. We can be looking forward to What we're going to have later because we've already received an earnest or a down payment. That is the indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. We know currently in our situation we are in this body. We're not in the physical presence of God the Father and the Son. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We would prefer to be right there in the presence of the Lord, but we know we have a task to do. That's why he left us here. After he saves us, he leaves us here to be able to do a work so that we can gain blessings and gain rewards and use those when we roll over into the millennial period and from there gain even more and roll all of that over into the eternal estate. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. That should be all of our goals. Have that confidence, what we have to look forward to, and eager to serve the Lord, and confident that we are accepted of him by doing his will. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. we got to acknowledge that and know that. We are going to be held accountable. What did we do with everything that the Lord has blessed us with? Did we use it for good or for bad? What did we do in our life after the moment we become born again? Because everything prior to us becoming born again All of our sins are all washed away, completely gone. And then the records start again, anew. And in everything that we've done since the moment we received Jesus Christ into our hearts and indwelling us with the Holy Ghost, from that moment forward, everything that we've done is going to be looked at. Because that's what he's talking about here. He's speaking of we must all appear, all of us. He's specifically talking here to the born-again Christians. We know that everyone, including the lost, are going to receive a judgment, the great white throne judgment. But here he's speaking of the judgment seat of Christ. And that's the first judgment for the born-again Christians prior to the millennial period. So we have here acknowledge and acknowledgement of the fact that we are going to be held accountable. Therefore, we've got to always pray for forgiveness continuously when you stumble you take it to the Lord get it forgiven so it's not held against you so it gets wiped away gone so there will only be records of the good and the bad will be taken away and it isn't that you get born again and again and again no that don't work that way you get born again once that doesn't mean you're automatically gonna be a completely perfect individual and never sin again we're still in this tug-of-war as I spoke of earlier in the morning service All right, now turn on over to chapter 12. In chapter 12, picking it up here right in verse 1, a reference to what Paul, it's believed Paul, that he's speaking of himself here, has experienced. When he was given this experience, he said whether in the flesh or in the body, not in the body, he really don't know. And he's not flaunting it, he's not bragging about it, but he's letting them know this experience. Because he doesn't say specifically that it happened to him. And he'll explain that in this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, picking up verse 1. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come To visions and revelations of the Lord, we just like He has said here should not glory or brag about what the Lord has given us and blessed us with. We can share the things the Lord has given us and blessed us with, not to carry them around like badges of honor, or carry them around as like trophies, showing and bragging about what you have been rewarded. As He continues. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. You see, he's not identifying that he's speaking of himself, but it is believed he's speaking of himself here. Whether in the body, I cannot tell. Or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. This is one of the places we get the reference to the multiple heavens. The third heaven the first heaven that we see mentioned is the atmosphere around us around our planet the second heaven is the entire cosmos of space and third heaven is the dwelling place of God so he was caught up into the presence of God is what he's speaking of Reads how that he was caught up into paradise paradise we also acknowledge as being heaven and heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for a man to utter of such an one will I glory yet of myself I will not glory but in mine infirmities keeping himself humble reminding himself that pride can be a problem and he don't want to brag about his experience that he had just like John was given an experience to see the things in heaven and to see the things in the future and so forth that he records for us in his writings. Here, Paul's referring to what actually happened to him, but he's not identifying it as himself because he don't want to brag about it. But the way he lays it out there, it's pretty clear that he's talking about himself. He reads in verse 6, For though I would desire to glory... I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. See, being very careful there, not to lift himself up as something special, to be honored in a way because of what he has experienced, and to be lifted up. He don't want that. And we should learn from that as well. And the Lord gives us an awesome blessing, an awesome gift of the Holy Ghost, not to flaunt it, not to carry it around like a trophy and show it off to others. We use it the way the Lord gives us permission to use it and give Him all the honor and all the glory, not take it for ourselves. All right, now turn on over to Galatians. In Galatians chapter 1... Here he's speaking of the importance of acknowledging the true gospel, the true message, the true message given to us from God, the records of the life and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and to only go by his teaching. His foundation is what we want to build upon, no other foundation. It doesn't matter who comes to us and tries to give us a new revelation. Another experience, nope, doesn't apply. We've seen entire religious systems built on such claims. But here we go in Galatians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Paul, acknowledging himself an apostle, Chosen directly by Jesus Christ to be in a ministry. In verse 2. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. I love the way Paul says the complete title. Lord Jesus Christ. Lord meaning the ultimate authority. Jesus meaning God is salvation, and Christ meaning the Anointed One. Full title. As he continues, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father. To whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Here, Paul is addressing an issue that the church at Galatia was dealing with. They were being pulled away by some false teaching. We see this all through history, and very prevalent today, as well as it has been all through history. False teachers coming in. Those of Satan rather than of God, that have come in trying to pull people away... Mm -hmm. Uh, They take one particular subject or a few subjects and and bring out some kind of writing or some kind of a revelation that was given to them by somebody or something and develop a new belief system and then recruit people to believe that as a new revelation. And that is so prevalent today. People being pulled away on these false teachers, as the Lord has prophesied and told us that that was going to happen increasingly the closer we get to the last day. And we truly see that happening. But that's what he's referring to here. The issue that the church at Galatia was dealing with. That they were so soon. So soon swayed from the truth. And he's amazed at that. Read verse 6 again. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ and to another gospel. Which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. He's pointing out here, there is no other gospel, because they are false gospels. They are not truly good news, they are bad news if they believe it. We need to abide by the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you that, than that which we have preached unto you let him be accursed here is referring to the fallen angels angel from heaven anybody anything come to you present to you a new gospel a new revelation you are to reject that because there is no new gospel there is no new revelation there is a complete record of the revelations that we've already been given And the next major prophetic event to occur is the rapture and receiving that glorified body that we read about earlier. So it doesn't matter who comes here, or what comes to you, even an angel from heaven, don't pay any attention to it. It's not of the Lord. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. So important that he repeated that. All of those false teachers out there through all the ages, all the time, and those that are going on now, they will be accursed. They will be held accountable. And it's going to be a judgment that is going to be Oh, so bad upon them and their followers. So follow the one and only true gospel, the good news of this Jesus Christ and the salvation that he has available to us. All right, now turn on over to Ephesians in chapter 4. Let's pick it right up here in verse 1. Uh, Here, again, is a letter to the church at Ephesus, written by the Apostle Paul. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, prisoner of the Lord, speaking of his experiences as being a willing prisoner to the Lord, devoting himself completely to the Lord, but also the fact that he gets arrested for being a preacher of the Word. And being under arrest through a good deal of his ministry, as he experiences many things that the Lord told him that he would experience and be able to reach others if he had been not been a prison that he wouldn't have been able to reach. That was his calling, that was his ministry. Reside therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. See there he's pointing out that he was called to do that and experience that, to do it right, just as us. Whatever experience that the Lord has laid out for us to endure and to deal with, then we need to hold on to that and use it to the fullest. Whatever it may be, that we walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called, and one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. That gift that He has available to us, that grace that He has poured upon the entire planet, we are under a time of grace and mercy, and it is so awesome. Wherefore, He saith, when He ascended up on high, He led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things, or fulfill all things, as it says. So we know that what the Lord did was prophesied, and he fulfilled it, as it continues, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints of the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Here he's pointing out how through the finished work of Jesus Christ, that's God taking on flesh coming down here, being born in the flesh as a mortal man living and interacting with others ultimately taking on the sacrifice that he went through, taking on all the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future, dying on that cross, crucified on that cross, horribly tortured and, and killed on that cross, and then being buried in that Grave, raised again the third day, stuck around some 40 days preaching and teaching, and then ascended to the Father, sits on the right hand of the Father, our great high priest. That's ascending up to the heaven of heavens, right up there on the right hand of the Father, and then sending the Holy Ghost down to us, that when we trust in Him, He indwells us. So we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, the Holy Trinity, three in one. One, he speaks of earlier there, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. We cannot really comprehend the, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, that he can be in three places at the same time, that he can be in us, that he can be up there in heaven, and that he can come down and be on the earth as he has done in the past and be in all three places, walk around with mankind, and still be in the heaven of heavens, and be in our hearts it's beyond what we can comprehend. Definitely, but we can take confidence in knowing that we will one day have a revelation of all this and have a full understanding of the things that are a mystery to us currently. But know that He descended, came down from heaven, and He gave gifts for a purpose. As he started out there in verse 1, Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. What has he called you to do? And part of it is the gifts that he gives you, as he pointed out there in verse 11. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and teachers... Those are the various vocations that he has given mankind. And in verse 12, why did he do that? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Not for themselves, not for their own personal glory, not for their own personal profit, but is to benefit everyone. Perfecting of the saints. That means to fully furnish what the saints need. When we walk correctly in the vocation that the Lord has given us, the gifts that the Lord has given us, applying them properly, the blessings that the Lord has given us, utilizing them properly, then he grows us, matures us, crafts us into the instrument that he wants us to be so that we can be more and more effective in perfecting the saints that's sharing it with others not just the perfection of yourself but helping others with what the lord has blessed you with that is so important that we know that we need to do that to share what the lord has given us with others around there when we truly share it he multiplies it when we Have that gift given to us. We don't just keep it for ourselves. We share it. We give it away. But yet it doesn't go away. It's still within us. And we can continue enjoying that gift. But it multiplies and shares with others. So walk worthy of the vocation. Because the finished work of Jesus Christ. Coming down from the heaven of heavens. And dwelling among man. Dying on that cross. Giving us the opportunity to be adopted into the family of God. Looking forward to that glorified body that will be able to utilize the millennial period and then roll over into the eternal state. And knowing that we're going to be like Jesus Christ, whatever that might be like, and be in the heaven of heavens and wherever they are in the future, in the new heaven and new earth when God comes down and dwells on the new earth, way beyond what we can imagine and so much more than we can comprehend. There's so much ahead of us. It is so awesome. So don't go worrying about what's going on right now. To the point that it hinders you from doing the work of the Lord. Look around and see the opportunities that come our way. Even the challenges, even the afflictions, even the affirmities that come upon us, they can still be opportunities to bring honor and glory to the Lord. Not to ourselves, but only to the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. It's amazing the many things in here that we can learn when we take the time to dig into there and study them. Helps always to have that hunger to dig deep into there, to find the revelation of the mysteries that are within. And encourage us to go out and share those with others as well, so everyone can be looking forward to that home in heaven. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you.